0: what's up everybody this is phil rogacki i'm jared abegina you're listening to two tree guys podcast what's up everybody phil rogacki here with another episode of two tree guys at the arbor fest and where are we at ashland uh Charlotte, Asheville, North Carolina, is all Asheville, yeah, Asheville, Ashland, Fletcher, Charlotte, Fletcher. Like We're yeah. somewhere in North Carolina here at uh, ArborFest, man. What yeah. an awesome show, man. Show so far. Yeah, definitely. And we got another, uh, let's hear your story by uh, Mr. Jordan Cooper. Oh Are you from man. here?
1: Uh, no, I'm, I'm about two hours from here um, in East Tennessee. East Tennessee, yeah. born uh, and raised? Uh, no, I uh, was a military baby. Uh, yeah? So, yeah. Actually, I was born in Omaha, Nebraska. Okay, out on the Air Force Base. Okay, and I've lived in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, and then uh, South Carolina as an elementary, and then gotcha. Um, by the time I hit sixth grade, we were back in Tennessee, which is where all the family's from. Gotcha. And uh, dad retired from the military, and then so. From middle school on, it's been I've been a Tennessee boy. So, all right, yeah, all right, a little, gotcha. Little bit of moving around. How there. far
0: a drive was it to here? Man, only two hours. Oh, yeah, that's
1: perfect. Yeah, I was, I was super. Excited that's perfect. That. Yeah. It was
0: cool. Well, what's your story, man?
1: Getting um, in the industry? How'd you get in it? And uh, where are you at right now? Um, well, I've been doing trees uh, all together now for about close to ten years. Um okay. So basically, the way I got into tree work was kind of kind of strange. It, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, worked for a friend of mine's dad owned a sign company and when I got out of high school um I wanted to get a job so yeah. he, he gave me a job and after um you know close to a year or so then he started to let me work out on the trucks and it's all just cranes like high-rise billboards and stuff like gotcha. that. gotcha and uh so I got to work at height um as my first job out of high school my first real job you know not not uh, the ice cream shop mm-hmm. or whatever else yeah. I did <laughs> but uh so then um things kind of got bad and they uh went bankrupt and i was like man i gotta have a job went to a staffing agency they said uh we've got this place called Asplund, and it's tree work and i was just like i don't know what that is but i need the job let's do it and um signed up with them and started working and i really love being out there and stuff and Asplund actually trains you formally as bad of a rep as they have and where'd you
0: hear about Asplund?
1: Uh through the um, the uh, staffing agency they, so they, they looked okay. and said, all right you work outside and you work on uh up in the air and with cranes yeah. and stuff they're like would have you tried tree work i was like no but i'll give it a go <laughs> really and uh yeah so that's so, so let I'll, me ask you why didn't you go to college uh actually was I, I got a um lottery scholarship and while i was at the sign company was mm-hmm. going to college trying to do the classes yeah and was doing okay but just absolutely hated it and um having to sit in a class yeah. after being through all that school and then you're done with high school and then it's like, let's do some more. I was just, I don't know, I couldn't stay focused enough. And um, so I got out and did that. And um, so I, I want to mention in between this time, I was, I was pretty wild and you know, I've wow. been from the time 18 to like 23 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, experienced um, pretty hard battles like addiction and stuff. Um, homeless in my car um just didn't really care just yeah. kind of vagabonding it and i kind of accepted that i was just going to be like this person that i still worked i, I worked every day and but i was just going to work and do drugs and i didn't care you know like, why'd
0: you accept that as as that's who you're going to be
1: because it it got to the point to where it was i had gotten so far off uh, bad off on that stuff that I, I didn't think i could pull myself out of that Gotcha. And so I was just like, it, maybe it'll just be easier for me to just accept it and just keep on trucking, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's a horrible attitude to have with that kind of thing. And um, so this is all happening. I'm kind of getting to the end of that. I didn't know as I got to Asplen, mm-hmm.
0: Um You were around 23 at that time yep, going to Asplund.
1: Yep. And I I'd, I'd got clean enough to pass a drug test to go work for them. And as soon as you get there, I mean, it's the drug culture where I was at at Aspen was was high I mean you know yeah. so I kind of got right back into it when I started working there as I'm like because of the people yeah there. as I'm trying to learn all this stuff and I'm taking tests and everything and, and advancing and then I asked to learn to climb and all that well during this time I'm I'm living in a hotel with like a a back page hooker and her boyfriend and and basically I'm the only one with a vehicle so I work Aspen all day come home do dope runs, go back to the hotel, wake up, drive back to work in the morning. Like Shit. it was just like this horrible fucking routine, man. And, um, and how long can the the body and the mind yeah. and everything last doing that? Right, exactly. And 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 I'm just getting into tree work. So with this, now I'm projected to be a, a, a hack. That's going to be another statistic at this point. So so I'm working there, and and then all of a sudden this girl comes. There's it's all guys out there. Then a girl comes and starts working there, and I was like, she's, you know, she's pretty cute, and she's out here, like, hustling hard, like, putting some of these guys to shame, dragging brush. I mean, she wasn't, they will. She wasn't uh, a climber or anything, but she, they they got her in a bucket eventually, and, you know, I, I say her, that's my wife now, but... Um, <laughs> so, so we started hanging out after work a little bit, uh, a couple times, just drinking and stuff, and going out to eat, and, you know, just partying downtown, and it got to the point where I was, like, I had her with me, and I, like, stopped in a bad part of town while we were together, and got some drugs and shit and was doing them there and then got back in. And the next day I was just like, listen, you, you shouldn't be hanging out with me. Like you're a really nice girl. And you know, you're, did you're, she do drugs? No, no, not at all. She didn't even smoke weed at that point. Yeah. She does now. Cause she hangs out with me, but, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I, I just felt bad because she was so nice and I didn't have positive stuff in my life like that. And I felt, I was like, man, I got to tell her that we shouldn't hang out cause I'm going to wind up fucking something up for her. You know, she's got kids mm-hmm. and stuff. I was like, just straight up. I was like, yo, I hate to be a dick and I, you're really cool and everything. And I, I like hanging out, but I am a piece of shit basically. And you know where I live, you know what I do. And like, I was open with her and you know, I told her, you know, all the shit that I was doing. And yeah, you know, just, it was nice to have somebody to talk to and hang out with that was, be willing to still hang out with you after you're like, yeah, I, a free base Oxycontin pills off of aluminum foil, and you know, mm, yeah. most people are like, All right, gotta go <laughs> <laughs> now. Why, why,
0: why'd she want to stay with you? I don't especially know, especially
1: knowing that. I, I, she, she just knew me from work, she knew how I treated people and my, my work ethic, I guess. I don't know. Um, and, she seemed you know, past that, yeah. She's, I guess yeah. so, yeah. And so, so, as I'm telling her this on the phone, she's like, Well, why don't you just uh come stay at my house for a few weeks until you can get enough money to get yourself out of that, you know, out of that motel? I was like, I don't know, like how out of touch you are, but this is a horrible plan for you to to say something like that to somebody like me. I mean, she
0: was taking a big risk. Huge, man. I mean, bringing you in absolutely, her house from absolutely. that situation, hanging out with you a little bit.
1: I wouldn't do that right now. Well, thank, I, like, thank God you married in. her, because you may
0: have never found another girl like her it, ever.
1: It was nuts, and so yeah. I, left the hotel and went and stayed with her for a while and we just kind of got more and more attached and i never left and <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've been i've been married almost almost 10 years june, Good, june man. Will be 10 years so yeah. and um you know i got off on june what uh, june the 29th uh, i was yeah, tested. Yeah. yeah i no, was tested. yeah glad you did because that's coming up i gotta oh, remember because
0: <laughs> uh, mine's june 11th yeah. and sometimes i'm like yeah, I was afraid. Okay, June eleventh, June eleventh.
1: You can't stutter like that. Right? <laughs> no, you can't, man. About it, that, that's
0: why I want. I want to get you practicing right yeah, now. So right. when thank the day you. comes, you're ready. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you, you know, working at Asplin, you know, getting out of your situation, uh, finding a girl that you fell in love with, and yep. married, and now's your wife for ten years. Yep. Now, when did you start getting away from the drugs and everything like um,
1: that? Well, when I got with her, um, they. I tried to quit doing the opiates, so they, they put me on this. I'm sure you guys have heard of this thing called Suboxone. Well, mm-hmm. that lasted like another year or two, but it was... It was weird in the sense that it wasn't a criminal act for me to do it because I was prescribed to it. But, yeah. but looking back, it was the same fucking thing, just a, a different label on it. I was still... I still felt high all the time, like like opioid high.
0: Now, did that screw you up more because you were like, It's legal.
1: I'm okay. It's right. helping yeah, me. Yeah, but it wasn't. That was the mindset. And and then yeah. come to find out as I'm like trying to stop doing that, that stuff was harder to quit on my body and my my mental than the actual dope. And I was like, What the fuck, man? Like this is so screwed up and the doses that they give people are, are unreal. Like like looking at it all in mm-hmm. hindsight, like I'm it's 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 kinda sickening the way they do and how long they keep people on that stuff you know
0: my my buddy uh worked at a methadone clinic in the tenderloin yep. and uh he was alcoholic drugs four-time all-american wrestling yeah. uh lived on the streets in the tenderloin i mean had everything going for him yeah. drugs and alcohol got him yep. uh got sober and uh got right and now he works at a methadone clinic and now he runs after he left the methadone clinic now he runs um uh san quentin prison and runs one of the biggest programs in the state of california now helping people out but what he said was the methadone clinics it's the government and these these nonprofits, these things help they don't want you off drugs no they because as soon as you sober up and you're off they don't get paid, yep. and they need you there on drugs yeah. and keeping you doped up because they need to get paid from you, and yeah. they're trying to help you. Yeah, and he said it's all bullshit, yeah. the whole thing.
1: That whole that whole niche industry is is completely immoral, in my opinion, and it's just you know, and the bigger it gets, you know, they have to keep people on because now you've got yeah. a billion dollar industry that that has jobs and all this. You can't just say we got to get rid of it and cancel it you know yeah people freak out yeah um but yeah that that was once i once i finally got off of that stuff that was i've been off of like any hard drugs and the suboxone now for like about nine years uh i still smoke a little reefer and um at events like this i'll have a beer or two. but other than that i i just i do my tree stuff man and and do you know whatever just go out have fun paddle boarding and cliff jumping and tree climbing and <laughs> awesome. tree comps and all that. So. You
0: ever come out to California?
1: I haven't been to California. I've been to California, but not um, as I was climbing. That was uh, a little younger. Gotcha. I was out there for a week or so.
0: Well, you ever come out to California, you got a place to stay. Awesome, we, you know, we got a 30-acre ranch and a bunkhouse oh, and man. campers at our academy, our school That's awesome. uh, that Jared teaches at yeah. and runs. And yeah. uh, anytime you want to come out or you're traveling, you got yeah. a free place to stay awesome, out there. Man. So I, I leave that you. open to any anybody working in the industry that's passing by oh, as sir. at least a place they can crash oh, at night yeah. and shower and Thank get you. back on the road for that. So who, who was that person in your life? And I think I might know the answer that really um, helped you pivot.
1: Well, it, it, there was, there was like a later, there was a pivot within me being in, in the, in the industry. Cause you got um, your wife that helped you. Yep. And took a chance on you right a big and, chance and and and, and, and then, then i was started doing residential about a year after a year and a half after aspen because the bureaucracy involved with a big company like that it mm. was just kind of starting and then i was also seeing what people were making like doing jobs at people's houses instead of just doing yeah. line clearance you know i didn't know anything about any of it i yeah. was just green and so I, I worked with a couple guys doing residential and i was like oh, i really like this you know and um I had only had like six months training of climbing like i don't know anything at this mm-hmm. point except for a a blake's hitch and and i knew how to use a throw line and hump up the ropes that was a good thing at aspen you couldn't use spikes but the only thing they show you to get in a tree is a blake hitch so it was a lot of work to go trim <laughs> a few limbs um, yeah so i was just doing that and then um, i guess about year five or so i met uh, nick um nick dwyer out of tennessee Mm-hmm. He runs a uh, Nick Dwyer Arborist is the name of his company, and um, I answered a Craigslist ad that he put out said need climber to help remove Christmas lights, and I was just looking for work at this time wherever I could get it like yeah. you know, just trying to start out trying to make money, and uh, I went out and met him and he sees me on this Blake's like running through this tree trying to get all these lights. He's like you know about the the hitch climber stuff. I was like yeah, I have no idea you know like. And then, uh, so he showed me that and gave me a piece of hitch Gordon, and a pulley and some carabiners. And I thought that was like the coolest thing ever. I was like, this guy freaking rocks, man, like nobody's ever done something like that for me. That's so amazing. And, and then so through him, I kind of started getting into like Facebook pages that had to do with arborist and climbing and all that. And that was a good propellant. I really started to up my game a little bit for that next year or two. And then in twenty eighteen or nineteen, I met um, Zach Troop out of uh, East Tennessee, and he is a he's a certified arborist and certified high line angle rescue guy, and all this stuff. Um, really awesome with anything rescue or um, emergency related. Like, gotcha. um, he teaches all that. I think he's certified through Red Cross to like actually certify people to to take classes and stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, he, he talked me into going to my first competition, and I, I kept putting it off. I was like, man, I'm nervous. I don't think I need to do that. Like, I know all the guys that I've been watching for years on, on online, and they're out there. There's no way, you know? And he finally got me to go one, and then yeah. I, was, I was hooked on it. That was that. it, yeah, wasn't man. it? And so that was, that point right there in 2018 or 19, that was until now. I feel like I've learned more in that small period of time than I did the earlier half of my career. You
0: put yourself out there with some of the best around, right? You know, yeah, and and all it forced you to get better next year because yeah. you, did you win the first uh, year? No, no, you didn't did win not. the first year. <laughs> so, but did you do
1: better the next year? Oh yeah, did so better and better. What what
0: place did you uh, come in the first year, and then the next year after that?
1: Well, it, it's different comps, and and so the first year. Uh, I was in kentucky and i think overall out of like 30 climbers i was i think i was like 14 or something okay. so what about in there. The,
0: the year the next year
1: and then and then i did another kentucky and tennessee and then those i think i was somewhere like eighth or like 12th or something so it got a little progressively better and then did another one where i had some dqs and just got bad points yeah. but my, my my best one was the first tree of palooza um, mm-hmm. in Florida, not this one that they just had, but the, the yeah. one prior to that, and actually pulled uh, first place in the aerial rescue portion of the comp. And so that was that's like the highlight of my career Ooh. right now, man. Um, so in, in a matter of three
0: years of competing, yeah, right? Since yeah. 2018, because yeah. you put yourself out there, and this goes to everybody listening, and, and you know, everybody thinks about, oh, maybe I do a comp, and they thought exactly what you, man, those guys are so good. Yeah, But it's not about getting in there to, one, yes, to beat them, but to be number one, yeah. you know, it's a competition yeah. you want to beat. But it's for yourself. It forces you to get better and better and yeah. better. So going from 14th to eighth to winning, yeah. I mean, you've increased so much in such a short time. Um, and
1: I and I just feel like I've I've learned so much at everyone, even whether I volunteer there or climb. It's just being around yeah. other people being that around. that have a different perspective as you. You guys might have the same gear and know how to use all that same gear, but to separate individuals are are perspectively approaching it differently and, and sharing that perspective in my mind is where you really start to be able to flex around and do things differently it helps of, your
0: mind start creating too because you go oh that's neat yeah but I see how he did that and if he did this now yeah. and now your mind opens yeah. up to do something different yeah. okay I'm gonna try that because that helped me to take it to this level yep. and then you
1: then, know and then it just progress yeah after that, man. It's, yeah it's awesome. and
0: then it's, it becomes a standard yeah and you know that's the one thing we always say you know, here and through the academy is we're here to elevate the standard through training, education, and innovation, you know, and that getting together like that and bouncing stuff off, like hearing those guys out there Yesterday. Yeah. And the little tips and tricks. I mm-hmm. guarantee Mark and Jared were learning stuff from each other and you know, Ryan going Oh yeah. That was cool. I remember Derek mm.
1: being like, I've never tied an Alpine on midline like that. And he's like, I'm I've just learned that. said that yesterday. Today. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, right Yeah, there, man. A, that's awesome. Right. While he's about. teaching, he's learning. that. Yeah, like that doesn't cool. get any better than Yeah. That, you
0: know? That's really cool. That's really cool. So let me ask you, you know, uh man, I'd love for you to come out to California and spend some time with us awesome. out there and come to us. Come to a class, come to a boot camp, a school. Yeah, uh, we have our master class out there. So we, we invite, uh, Lauren Schultz came out to the last oh, one. Yeah, we awesome. had Matt Meckley at the other one. Mark's gonna be coming out to California and doing a big master class. It's all day event. Come stay the weekend with us and man. get on the full podcast. Hear your full story. Uh, because I know you have a lot more to share with the world. But uh, what's, one, what's one thing or kind of tip from the top, some wisdom that you could share with uh, the viewers and the people listening to all this, all over the world, because once it's out there, your words go around the world. We're ranked number 73 in Korea. What? Yeah. That's
1: awesome. Konnichiwa. <laughs> I don't know if that's right. I don't know. I think that's Japanese. Yeah, yeah. But, but, um, I, guess, but, I guess what I would say like, to the ARP community would be um, um, <clears throat> try to consciously take care of your body. Um, I'm, only, I'm about to be 34 this year. And I've abused myself my whole life from skateboarding through the whole time I was young and then getting right into trees, you know, shortly after high school. Uh, Take care of your body and eat and try to eat healthy. Um, I switched about three years ago, two years ago, cut out all fast food and and soda pops and haven't touched any of that in in about three years now. And man, what a difference you notice in in energy levels and, and, and stamina. like. You know a lot of people think you got to be the strongest guy ever to do tree work that's not true if you can if you're if you're the fifth strongest but you can push 10 times longer than everybody you're always going to come out ahead you know what i mean like i don't know just try to try to take care of your body and but still have fun and all that stuff but you know think about the easy things it's 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 easy to to eat better than a mcdonald's cheeseburger I and, like that. And gas station food. And, take, you know, you don't get another one, man. Yeah. You only get you, one you, of these. I know. And it's starting to like, it's starting to like tell me that sometimes it's like, hey, uh-uh. <laughs> uh, not today, boy. No. Not today. 1988. Next thing, what, 2022? <laughs> you got to ease up there, uh, big dog. And I'm just like, okay, uh, all right, I'll stretch out today. Okay. Uh, I hear you, man. <laughs> yeah, take I care of yourself, you. guys. That way we can keep doing what we're doing uh, longer and longer um, because nobody wants to have to give up, you know. That's right, that's right. and doing tree work, because it's just great.
0: It's awesome, man. Well, hey, man, I appreciate yeah, you, man. Jordan. Thanks for having appreciate me Appreciate you getting on the show and telling your story. Yeah, this
1: was uh, just so out of the blue. Y'all just snagged me right that's, out of Arp that just plucked me out. That's it, said, man. Hey, I'm like, hey, that guy the got story? the story. He got a story, man. <laughs> yeah.
0: Everybody has a story, yeah. and it's unique. And, yep. you know, there's people out there that are listening to you, driving right now, I would say, and uh, they're relating to it. And they're, in, they're maybe in that same situation. Yeah. And they're like, yep. I hope a girl's going to invite me to yeah. come stay at her house and yeah. snatch it, me out of this. If somebody
1: gives you a chance like that, I didn't try to take it because I, I was uh, at the end of people giving me chances. And just luckily, she didn't really know me that good. That's good, man. You know, so. that's, a,
0: that's a great story. So I appreciate it. Guys, appreciate you. Appreciate you listening today. Uh, remember, elevate the standard through education, training, and innovation. We'll see you next time. Bye.